Jono, Tommy, I'm going to give you a phrase, okay? And I want you to give me an example sentence that includes that phrase and puts it in context for what it means, okay? Jono, we're going to start with you. Time is on my side. Well, at least time is on my side, if nothing else. (laughs) Yeah, fine, great. Let's keep I'm it loose. I'm so glad John went first. I had no idea what you were talking about. Yeah, okay, I thought I I'd start I'm with that. Okay, yeah. Right, Tommy, your turn. <laughs> okay. Turn back the hands of time. Turn back the hands of time and imagine you are a teenager again. Brilliant. Jono, back to you. A whale of a time. Ah, uh, when we got the inflatables out, just had a whale of a time. Was there an inflatable whale amongst oh. those? Who knows? Who knows? Lovely. Thank you, Johnny. Tommy, only time will tell. Oh, he's lost eight tasks. Can he go any further? Only time will tell. That's great. A little reference back to The Apprentice. And finally, it's one for me. And the phrase is time well spent. Got it. Investing in something of quality that will endure a lifetime can be time well spent. And so let me tell you about Marlowe Watch Company, creators of British-designed mechanical watches and sponsors of this podcast. With Marlowe, each collection of watches is influenced by a historical story of inspiring human endeavour. And not only are they pleasing to the eye, they're reassuring to hold and to wear. Visit marlowwatchcompany.com to see for yourself. And if you're looking for reassurance elsewhere, you'll find the words quality and value come up time and again in independent online reviews. Marlowe Watch Company. Time well spent. I remember myself as a kid, grumping and grouching (laughs) about going for a walk. I'm going to stay in the car. I don't want to go. I didn't want to come here anyway. You're all about the victim mindset. But to be fair, to be fair to kids, you don't have the level of power, right? that you do as an adult that is a good point you're having all these things enforced upon you so you have no control I I hate sorting out laundry but then I turn into like a 12 year old kid oh I've got to put my laundry away oh it takes so long so you've you've recognised something but you still haven't done anything about it you're still just moaning but then you very very quickly realise like the only person you're ruining the experience of right now is yourself right? <laughs> so, so grow up sort it out, sort it out. <laughs> I'm sure we can all think of times when we've brushed responsibility onto others or appointed blame for stuff we're not happy with in our own lives the question is where do you sit on the accountability ladder and what's the view like from the top Hello and welcome to Sketchplanations, the podcast. Have you ever been reading a book or watching a film or TV series and thought to yourself, this is so good, I really don't want it to end? Well, I can't promise anything and it does depend on a myriad of factors, but wouldn't it be great if that's the way we can make you feel in the next half hour or so? What I can promise is that all three of us have signed up to the Sketchplanations the Podcast mandate, in which we are now formally committed to do our utmost to provide, and I quote, enjoyment of the sketches for the people. You can find a whole host of sketches as part of the Sketchplanations collection at sketchplanations.com. Equally, there are tons shared up on Instagram and Twitter. I'm Rob Bell, and sharing in the burden of providing the enjoyment of the sketches are my two co-hosts, the creator of Sketchplanations, John O'Hay, and the creator of Chaos, Tom Pellero. <laughs> evening, gents. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Very good. What a pleasure to be here again. 
with you chaps. Now, John, I was reminded in the week by somebody leaving a comment on some stuff I had recently uploaded to YouTube that any references I make in content that I share online aren't necessarily fully understood or appreciated by everybody who receives or indulges in that content, which could be almost anyone anywhere, right? Now, my reference points are based on my upbringing and my influences, my interests, my friends. Um, but when stuff goes online, it obviously has a potential to be a global. And so those personal references might not necessarily scan as well as I'd originally intended. Is that something that you're aware of when you're doing your sketches? And, and because you are making a very, trying to make a very clear point and communicate very concisely, because I imagine you're well aware that your sketchmanations are consumed all over the world. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting question because it, it started off just as a personal project, right? So it was literally just for me and it didn't matter and it could be like as as unique and individual as I am. Um, but now that's, now that's not the case. I mean, even a dumb example, right? Like obviously I'm from England and live in London and the spellings are different in the US. And if somebody wants to find one of the sketches, they might want to use the American hmm. spelling. And actually, I've got more people who follow from the US than I do in England. So does that mean right. I should start doing things in American spelling? And, you know, what happens if I do football references? Should I, should I start calling it soccer? Or does it need to be sort of a more generic sporting reference or something like that? And um, so, so I, do, I do consider it, but I think ideally... I mean, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a newspaper, right? Like you, you don't want to be yeah. bland it down and be so generic that you're just, you know, might as well just be an encyclopedia churning this stuff out. That sort of lose all the interest. And I think one of the things, one of the things I, I haven't, I think, compromised about sketchbonations is you get, it's, it's what I found interesting. And it might be this, you know, the random thing that's coming up next is the random thing that I found interesting <laughs> And whether whether you like it or not, and that's why that's why it crosses such a wide range of stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean it is something I I can I consider, but I do think you have to put a bit of you into stuff, otherwise it's just not interesting anymore. I I totally agree, and that is the that is one of the beauties of um, social media platforms, right? Is that people can broadcast them, and it's not filtered or censored in any way by anybody, and sometimes that. That might be detrimental, and other times it might be a real benefit. But um, but there is a platform, well, these are platforms, which means you can be totally true to yourself. But Tommy, in, in your line of work, it's, yeah. it's quite different, isn't it? Because you need it to yeah. appeal, and you need it to be clear to whoever that market is, wherever they are in the world. Yeah. So is it something, is it something you... Uh, you consider the whole time uh, in in packaging, especially because uh, we're designing products to, to be sold in the in the shelves in Tesco's and Boots, and then Carrefour in France, and Walmart in America, and shops in Japan and Australia, and just trying to therefore create. Especially Europe is really tricky with all those languages in such a small kind of area. We are having to put Dutch and German and French and Spanish on the front of a packaging, so therefore you end up putting much less writing at all uh, and hilariously mm. despite my surname I don't speak any French so I don't understand sort of what's being put on the front uh, and then the different regulations is probably one of the trickiest things like US Canada Australia Europe the UK we all have our own variations of the same legal frameworks 
it's just complicated it's just like oh my gosh the legislation side is really exhausting sometimes so how do you how do you deal with that because translation's one thing right yeah but like the messaging or the focus of what you're trying to portray might be different in different markets around the world might it yeah you know you've you've got to try and find your specialist niches your areas uh, and then i think a lot of the time as westerners we think of christmas as like the really big time you know the big selling time and we completely forget about other religious festivals you know uh, your eid uh, and in china non-religious festivals you know like singles day and all that sort of stuff and i've i've certainly grown my kind of understanding of cultures and religions and different countries having been brought up you know very western very white middle class and you kind of think well christmas is christmas it's like the globe is like no <laughs> you know it's it's huge here but it's not it's not a global uh, event anywhere anywhere near um so it's it, it's fascinating uh, understanding these different things well in the context of this podcast episode enough time has now been dedicated to this introduction in the context of our lives we only learn and develop through pushing forwards and in the context of the history of the universe i've got an early start in the morning so i wouldn't mind wrapping this up before it gets too late tonight on with the episode. This week, we take a closer look at something called the accountability ladder. Eight ascending levels of accountability that range from utterly powerless to ultimately powerful. A ladder we could all definitely place ourselves on at different heights if we assessed how we've handled different situations at different points in our lives. You can see Jono's wonderful representation of the accountability ladder on your screen now as the artwork for this episode. You can also find it in more detail at sketchplanations.com. We'd also love to know your take on accountability and the accountability ladder. Uh, you can email us, hello at sketchplanations.com, or you can send us a message or leave us a comment on social media. Right then, Jono, over to you. Tell us a bit more about the accountability ladder, as well as I'm interested in knowing what effect it had on you when you first heard about it and I asked that second part of the question because in preparing for this conversation tonight your sketch uh, and your representation of this model has had a profound effect on me and how I've interpreted a lot of my own actions in life to date. Yeah accountability ladder I think from the moment I heard somebody say they were going to explain it to me i thought oh this is going to be this is going to be interesting um and it was explained to me by a chap called buzz pierce at, at an event and he said you know what about the accountability ladder and all of a sudden everybody's everybody's ears pick up oh well let me tell you <laughs> let me tell you about it and and the example uh he gave and the one in the sketch is from this um chap called bruce gordon and it's a really nice ex example that everybody can relate to and so basically there's a a ladder of accountability where you're essentially taking no accountability all the way up to the to the top rung and he gives this example of a parent and a child who's come back and said i didn't know about the homework tomorrow and i haven't done it and so right at the bottom bottom rung you've got awareness which is what homework and then the next next level up we're taking a bit more accountability as well Okay, I know there was homework, but the teacher wasn't clear that it was due tomorrow. So that's blame. And then the next level up is, well, it's too late, too late for me to do it now. There's no time, no time left. And so that's excuses. And then the next level up is going, well, no time to do it now, but maybe it'll be fine. Yeah. And so that's hope. <laughs> and so all of these bottom rungs he puts in as 
part of the victim mindset where you're not you're not powerful you're powerless and then the top half of the rung is where you switch it to be going instead of being a victim i'm going to be accountable i'm going to take accountability and when you're accountable you're powerful which is a point bruce made which is really interesting and so those top rungs start with just acknowledging reality and so acceptance so okay I haven't done the homework tomorrow. I should have done it. Then it's next level up is owning it. Right. I'll take care of it. I'm going to do my best. Next level up is I've still got time. We can we can do this. I've got an idea for it. So let's find a solution. And the last one is right. I'm on it. I'm going to make it happen. And so all the way from not even not even acknowledging that something needed doing all the way up to the very top of I'm on it. I'm going to make it happen is the accountability ladder it's absolutely brilliant and i i got quite drawn into this and really um kind of retrospectively assessing a lot of decisions i've made or how i've responded to certain situations in life and i could probably place myself on every single one of those rungs at different points according to the situation Tommy, what, what, what? Sorry, you don't want to go on. Well, I was just going to say it, it hits home, doesn't it? So once once you start thinking, crikey, about it, you're like, crikey, all, all those occasions when you could have taken more accountability, you could have done more. Yeah. Absolutely, and and the thing that the thing that I was so intrigued by was that you, exactly as you just said, once you move into that top half, those top four rungs, you then you're in control. You have a bit more control, and the higher you up you go, the more control, the more, as you say, the more power that you have, and that feels a much better place to be in tommy yeah accountability ladder it's brilliant isn't it once you see that you sort of go oh yeah no there is different types of accountability i do behave in different ways because often i think we go through life and we don't even realize there are certain behaviors until you kind of see a really simplified framing do you know they often called that or modeled you know you know and and this is a really really lovely one um and you see it so much, John, I'm sure you see this in kids, like the whole time, the way they kind of escalate through different ones. I remember myself as a kid, yes. you know, grump, grumping and grouching about going for a walk. I'm going to stay in the car. I don't want to go. I didn't want to come here anyway. Yes. And, you know, and, and you're, I mean, you're all, you're all about the victim mindset, it's blame, it's excuses. But yes. to be fair, to be fair to kids... You don't have the level of power, right? No. That you do as an adult. Yeah. That's a good and, point, Jono. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, yes, you could potentially uh, earlier in life take more responsibility for things and accountability and get on with it. But as a, as a little kid, <laughs> it's difficult. That is a good point. You, you are having, you're having all of these things enforced upon you. Yes. <laughs> so you have no control. Yes. And so, yeah, play the victim. Play, Why not? Play, play the blame. But also, I would say, you know, I've got a pile of laundry behind me. I, I hate sorting out laundry. My wife, Sarah, is brilliant at kind of getting it all. But then I turn into like a 12-year-old kid. Oh, I've got to put my laundry away. Like this. And you're in it. Oh, it takes so long. And Do then, you know what? I've heard you moan about that before, Tommy, yeah, and know. and you've said, "I wish someone would invent a way of like doing it all for you, putting, like, doing the folding, pairing the socks." Yes. So you've you've recognised something, but you still haven't done anything about I, it. You're still just moaning. It's true. It's true. It. Where's that? I have thought genuinely Three? about it. It's really, really difficult though, uh, and I'm and I'm hoping someone else will sort it for me. But or, or one day I'll have to sort it out and make robots that do fold clothing. So um, you're at level four. You're at level four. Hope. 
Yeah, I, I must say I'm quite a big fan of Level Four Hope. I think it's, <laughs> I, I try to be in those higher levels all the time, or as much the time. But lapsing into hope uh, is probably my biggest weakness. I must say. I tend to agree with you. I I stumbled across um, I stumbled across quite a few examples when I've been on that number four hope. Yes. rung of the ladder and and i tried to distill it down to what 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 is it about that situation that means i'm at level four i'm at hope stage and it was basically that i want something to change but i can't really be asked to do it yeah that was it that's the hope <laughs> well hope is hope is a positive kind of thing you feel like you're being positive but it's it's not a way to mm. really make things happen uh it's uh, it's then it's then moving up to the next stages uh the acknowledgement of the reality what i do find i don't know if you have the case is it all depends on how much sleep i've had <laughs> as to what level i'm kind of at so it, it's tuesday it's bank holiday yesterday i had the longest <laughs> line i've had for felt like years yesterday so i'm feeling very kind of a power empowered but uh, on friday last week i was uh, i was very much in the what homework uh oh the teacher wasn't clear kind of kind of mindset i must admit specific examples and i can give you some yeah relatively insignificant examples in the grand scheme of things but examples that were quite succinct i thought over the last few years i've really started getting into cricket and i've only played about five cricket matches in my life because of circumstances I didn't play as a kid because my school didn't do it and I lived abroad so they weren't cricket clubs blah, 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 blah. excuses 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 but I, of the matches that I have played I've loved playing even though I might have gone out for a golden duck on two of those five matches it didn't matter I loved it and I was just wanted to play more cricket but I didn't want to go and join a club because I didn't want to do it all the time I just wanted to have the odd cricket match that I could be part of and um, so it was a case of just waiting around for for a match where someone needed an extra player or something like that until someone said to me well why don't you just put on a cricket match if that's what you want to do I was like, yeah that's a great great idea <laughs> Wait, yes. i'll do that yeah that that well, solves it well, i can do so that. i, I, I did that. That. <laughs> i acknowledged the reality yeah. i owned it i thought right i'm going to do something about this i found the pitch and got players and got kit and everything together and then i made it happen and it was great fun i absolutely loved it and um I will do it again when I haven't got so many things on. <laughs> right down the ladder. Yeah. It's snakes and ladders, isn't it? It's absolutely... <laughs> there is the accountability. There's a, probably a brilliant card game, no, board game here, isn't there? Yeah. You know, the accountability <laughs> game. Accountability. Like, or where it's with cards, where there's a, your laundry just piled up again and you couldn't be bothered to do it. Go back three <laughs> stages on the thing. You know, you decided to organise your own cricket game because you love cricket. Go up ten points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I certainly found it easier to think of examples when I've been in the accountable zone, and and probably less comfortable rather than more difficult. Less comfortable identifying times when I I was in the more kind of victim phase. Yeah. I don't know if, how you boys felt. Yeah, it's much easier to think of glowing examples of oneself usually. I think I think we've met my my worst one. Sorry, I, I've had many of these. I'm sure. Uh, 
uh, one of one of the ones I think we've mentioned before is when I missed the flight to Jono's wedding, uh, and I remember going through and it was like I can't believe Ryanair didn't call us. I can't believe there. And luckily, I was with a friend of ours uh, who immediately, as soon as he worked out, got on his phone and started booking a flight, booking another flight as we were walking around the airport. He was absolutely wow. on it. He, but it wasn't his first time missing a flight, so he kind of knew <laughs> the drill. <laughs> but that was, uh, um, and I have since done it. And again, I was with. Some some other people and they were like oh, i can't believe it and again i was just straight on the phone going right we've just got we can't the plane's not coming back i think it's interesting thinking of when, when i think of examples of these i was trying to think when have i been really lame and then hopefully <laughs> like come round and figured it out oh instead good of, yes. instead of instead of like just wallowing in the complaining and the helplessness which is sometimes quite quite nice to do but it's interesting that somebody pointed out to you about like oh you could do the cricket game yeah i was thinking one of the things that perhaps helps you helps you move up the ladder is is perspective it is that yeah. it is that yes. outside viewpoint and <clears throat> realizing that you know these are just your little internal problems and somebody looking at it from outside goes i don't care about that i just care about this and you're like yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a good point i was trying to think of um uh, somebody we used to work with a long, long time ago, uh, we'd, done, we'd done a presentation and we were presenting it that morning, but we did it really late and it wasn't as good as it should be. And so we were there make, making excuses. And he said, well, don't don't give me this. I don't want to listen to, to all this because you make me suffer twice. First, you make me <laughs> suffer because the presentation isn't as good as it could be. And second, I have to listen to all your excuses. And then... They went on to say, "Well, if this is what we've got, this is what we sell." And I remember, I remember thinking, "Oh, I was, I was way down there in the, in the victim mindset." Oh, it was really one of those times where I'm like, "Oh yeah, just take accountability, make the most of what you got." When you put the accountability ladder in um, that context, Johnny, that's to me seems like a, a really great example of leadership. Someone who's willing to take accountability and step up the ladder with it, mm. and bring people along up the ladder with them. Yeah, it's probably something that CEOs do a lot. Actually, there's a there's a sketch which did get misinterpreted, which was really a, a story about. Um, it's a story from Steve Jobs about training product managers at Apple, and and he says the sketch is basically you know somewhere in along the line between the, in the company between the janitor and the CEO. If something goes wrong, reasons stop mattering. So like if you're the janitor and you come in to clean the room and the room's locked. And you don't have a key. Nobody expects you to clean the room. But if you're the you know vice president of this or that, and something doesn't go right, at some level, I don't care why it didn't go right. The job is to make it right. <laughs> and the yeah. reasons reasons stop mattering. And that sort of yeah, that that leadership is 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 taking accountability, isn't it? I was trying to think earlier about um, what is it that motivates somebody, myself included, to move from that. Um, behavior that victim behavior into accountability behavior what what is it that can that can drive that that change from one another i think leadership and um external perspective is probably something that um that can do that and the you know i was starting to think you know what what were the excuses that i might give for the things that i haven't done or that i am in that kind of victim stage for and it's it's kind of it's oh i haven't got enough time i don't have enough resource i don't have the right knowledge all these kind of things but then it kind of dawned on me and it, and it is quite obvious that if you care enough about 
yeah. that issue yeah. that situation if you care enough if it means enough to you then you'll find the time you'll do the research to get the knowledge you'll bring in the right resources you'll beg steal and borrow whatever you need if it means enough then you'll you'll move up into the accountability yeah. stages yeah one of the most horrible examples of this is being on time Mm. and because if you're if you're late there's always excuses why you're late and i am often late but actually ultimately when someone points out to you well if you really wanted to be on here you you'd be on time right and it's you decided to leave late for other reasons and it's yeah. like you could take accountability that you get i think we may have discussed this previously or let the person know you are going to be 15 minutes late not hope that they'll be fine with you being 15 minutes late and mm. and that's a really horrible one to sort of feel go oh do i do i not care enough that i wanted to be on time for that person i, I tell you what the accountability ladder was so present in the apprentice because every week you are so accountable yeah. you've got like your 24 hours to do something and then you are in the boardroom and you're in and you're in you're in for it and everyone yeah, you're being scrutinized you for everything do stuff yeah and it's so accountability and i and i remember because you also do a lot of these sort of one-on-one interviews uh, and i sort of said well you know i'm going to try my best on this one and the, the person the ad talking to you goes what do you mean try like lord sugar doesn't want people to try what's people who can do and you're like oh shit. all right yeah yeah no that's yeah that's true actually i'm not going to try and do this i'm going to i will do this sort of thing mm. and you and and some people on the tasks got really ground down by the constant accountability desire and exhausted by it um right and which was very difficult but you know you also it was quite an amazing opportunity to really show yourself what you can do because you you couldn't do anything else and time ran out time ran out so best you can do in every minute being towards the top of the accountability ladder is that a measure of success of a person their approach to tackling problems and their approach to tackling situations does that relate directly to success yeah it's interesting I don't, I don't know about success but it does relate to the kinds of people that i want to be with yeah. <laughs> interesting probably that yeah. i want to be but um it's like when if you find yourself in a jam about something that you want people around you who are like gonna go okay let's make it happen let's figure it out let's figure out how to do this i'm gonna you know cycle the shop i'm gonna call around i'm gonna reorganize this thing um I'm, we can still enjoy this we're not going to just sit around and mope about it and so i, I don't know if that's success but it definitely seems like yeah. being a better person <laughs> robin in terms of your question i think often a really good leader a really good senior person is definitely very high on accountability and has the ability to stay high on the accountability and to try and pull others up rather than pushing other people other people down yeah. um yeah and johnny yes they're right about it. it's so much more fun to be around people who want to be accountable who want to make things happen um and i really 100 uh, and we've been very lucky to know quite a few people like that and as a result we've all kind of lifted our levels you know I'd, I'm, and robbie as you say it's so much easier to remember examples where you've done this well isn't it <laughs> yeah is there something there about group dynamics and kind of group mentality in that let's say you're in a group of five people and two or three people are being quite positive and quite solution oriented i.e in the top rungs of the accountability ladder mm. it's very hard probably to stay on on those bottom rungs when you're around people and so you kind of get swept up by that positivity and by that and, and in this in this sense by that accountability let's call it i, I think you're always learning by example i was thinking, I was thinking about go, going up the ladder and i feel like just through life 
most people go further up the accountability ladder, right? And start being more accountable for their own lives and, and what's going on. And that come I think part of it is is learning from other people who are doing that. There was um it reminded me that there's a really nice writer called Paul Graham, who also did a number of startups and runs a Y Combinator bootcamp, and he gave a speech once and he said something that I thought was really interesting at the time. It's just a little throwaway thing, but it was he said, you start being an adult when you decide to take responsibility for your life. And you can do that at any age. And I think it is something like that. So basically saying, you know, all through school, you just have stuff coming at you. People take you to the next thing. Yeah. and you, you just assume that, you know, the next class is going to come at you and somebody will tell you what you're supposed to do next. And then at some point, but actually at any point, you can go, you know what? I want to organize my own cricket thing because I like cricket i don't have to wait for somebody else to come and do that for me so i think yeah it's it's a really interesting thing that sort of progression through life taking more ownership seeing other people do it i mean i I find it inspirational and it's it's i want to be more like that and and as you said Tommy, yeah we've got mutual friends who we've all spent quite a bit of time with who are absolutely like this and you don't want to be you would never want to be around those people being on the lower end of the the lower end of the accountability ladder you'd just feel like you were dragging everybody else down around you i don't, I don't want to be like that true one of the things where people struggle in in the large to take accountability at the moment and for us all to make a difference is on the climate and the challenge of addressing climate change and i remember there was a really nice example of greta thunberg when she was actually in the u.s and she was being interviewed but it almost seemed like grilled by like a, a u.s senator i think um and he he gave the example he was like well you know what's the point in us all making things better if china's building all these coal power plants and they're burning through coal at faster faster rate what does it matter what the u.s does and she just she just took it really really calmly and she said well sweden's just a small country and there are some people in sweden who make exactly the same argument about the u.s and of course, if we all take that attitude, we're not going to get anywhere. Well, she didn't even say the last bit, but it just it was implied coming through. And I think, you know, at, at large, we want to be around all of us to be feel accountable for this and to go not being in the victim mindset. We can't make it better. We can't do anything about it, but to own it. Well, first of all, to acknowledge it, which I think we're getting better at, but to own it and then find a solution. And we all need to get on it and start making it happen. I think it's quite, it's quite an interesting example of this the accountability ladder really in the large uh, global level. It, it's a really interesting example. And I was thinking about um, climate and environmental issues earlier as well, Jono. And it's sometimes it's sometimes it I have found it quite hard, though, to get above the hope kind of level at certain degrees or at certain scales of climate change as an issue i mean i there are there are certainly areas where i take accountability for my own actions and where i've got solutions for those actions and i feel quite good that i'm in control of that and i'm i'm doing it i'm i'm up the ladder on that but then there are other areas on that global sense where it i can sometimes feel like i'm on that level four hope on big complex global issues like climate change i i got quite lost as to where i am on that ladder and i think it does depend at what scale you're looking at micro or macro well we're aware now and we might blame all the people who you know 
before us mess things up but there's no point in excuses and we probably landed a lot of people at, at hope maybe it'll be fine it's mm. interesting comparing it with this homework example but if this was the homework which we'd messed up and was due tomorrow and we needed to do something about it accountability ladder says we should uh just up our game then we start to be powerful it does it does so so when when i was saying earlier about um kind of identifying that i i i'd responded to a number of situations that i couldn't really be bothered to do anything about at being on that level four hope the one above that level five where you do start moving into accountability and you're acknowledging the reality you're acknowledging the reality thank you tommy that stage i found to be the worst that that for me was like the worst one to be at. You're like, oh Christ, yeah, I'm, I'm I've I've mucked up here, yeah. and and you want to get through that stage as quickly as possible because it doesn't feel good. It, when I was and I, um and there there are various different examples I could I could put that to, but you know that realization like, oh Christ, this is on me actually. Oh, can God. I can I give an example? Yeah, go, go John, <laughs> please, thank you. Well, two things. One is that. Um, Somebody I worked with as a as a lead at a previous. Company. Oh, you're putting it on them, are you? It's no, not no, your yeah. example. No, she <laughs> she had a really nice way of, of saying, it, and it, it sounded really dumb at the time, but I actually sort of learned the wisdom from, it, which was just was just it is what it is. And I remember that for me was the acceptance point. Like, okay, we thought we had an extra week. We don't have an extra week. Well, it is what it is. Yeah. Or if something's bad news, we have got to pass on some bad news. Well. It is what it is, and I remember f- for me, first of all, that that feeling quite good. But but the the more personal example uh, was I actually this is this is going to sound strange, but I quite like it when I like I'm by myself and I accidentally like break a plate or a mug or something or knock something over. Yeah, um, I did one the other day. I was heating up some porridge in the microwave, and I knocked it as I was this bowl of porridge as I was putting it in, and I poured. The microwave poured all the porridge down the hinge of the microwave, oh. all the way down the hinge and in the microwave. And the microwave was in a cupboard, and it went under the microwave in the cupboard. And of course, of course, that was a, a pretty rubbish situation. But I quite, I quite like it when it happens by myself because it it teaches me that patience and that acceptance. Like it's not going to clean itself. Yeah. There's no point moping about it. The only way to make it better is to do something about it. Nobody's going to come in and clean it for me or say, oh, you poor thing, it wasn't your fault. And and so every time I do something like that, like break a plate, I'm like, oh, here's, a, here's an opportunity to t- teach myself acceptance and patience. And probably not everybody does that. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact you have to be on your own in, in order for that to really take hold. <laughs> I think it matters more on your own, right? Because do you think? Because nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna fix. You've got nobody to share it with, and nobody's gonna help you. Nobody's gonna like stroke your ego and go, "Oh, I'm so sorry, that was really unlucky." It doesn't matter. It's up to you to sort it out in your own head. Yeah. <laughs> next time, next time you break a plate and you're by yourself, I will use yeah. it as an opportunity. Just don't do it yourself. It doesn't count. Then, but if you do it deliberately, it doesn't count. <laughs> no, that's true. John has said it was okay to break plates. In that acknowledgement of reality stage, where you've broken a plate and you realise that it's entirely your fault, are you? Do you not have? And this is this is definitely my reaction to. That, do you not have a period of intense rage at your own incompetence? 
I I definitely do. Like if I've taken if I've missed a um, exit off the motorway or something, and the acknowledgement that it's only on me that I've done that, I'm taking accountability for it. And it drives me crazy. Yeah, I'll get through it in about fifteen seconds, but oh, it's so intense and I'm so angry at myself. Just me. Yeah, I, I think no, no. I think it's okay to feel that. And I probably sh- <laughs> shouted to myself when some of this happens. I think the exit <laughs> on the motorway is quite a good, good example. But then you very, you very quickly realise like the only person you're ruining the experience of right now is yourself, right? <laughs> so, yeah. So grow up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sort it out. <laughs> yeah. it should it should number five really be just grow up. Just, yeah, just, just, yeah, like, come on, come on, take mate. Responsibility for your life. Come on, come on. <laughs> I, I think also I'd like to mention that sometimes I feel maybe that as a leader you can take ownership of things, whereas as a leader's responsibility often is to allow other people to take the ownership of things. And yeah. and so as the leader, if you are like jumping to the whole, you know, I can we. Can, I can work this out. We can work. Like you can very quickly often take over the ownership of something rather than letting your team or the individual who's potentially made the mistake or the individual to, to, to really own it and to make it happen rather than you taking over. And I think then they then become the sort of the victim if you do that, which is very, very challenging. I'm with you on that. I was wondering earlier if, if there are potential downsides to being, constantly at the top yeah. of that uh, or responding to situations constantly at the top of the accountability ladder by always making stuff taking it upon yourself to make stuff happen to um, make the situation better if there it can are, be quite annoying can't it it's sort of endless that's, positivity that probably is the downside yeah, yeah. But it's very very british thing to like enjoy complaining oh it'll probably rain tomorrow anyway <laughs> you know it's sort of some enjoyment in like really what yeah wallowing in our powerlessness <laughs> every now and then yeah it's like that's a good thing to do you're like oh stop trying to fix everything so two two questions i've asked in this conversation about being on that top ladder and responding to situations constantly in the at that highest level of accountability is you know is it a measure of success and actually are there some downsides and and to both the question is yes it can be a measure of, of somebody who's successful. It can also be really bloody annoying. <laughs> and, and sometimes good summary. And sometimes not helpful. That actually you probably not. You almost want to be kind of like below someone to try and help them climb out. And often with the kids example, if you kind of coax them and go like when Poppy starts screaming, you go, ah, I hate it too, Bobby, isn't it just rubbish? Blah, blah, blah. Then they're like, Oh, hang on, what's that? What? We can't both be screaming, you know, <laughs> and they start sort of taking. Sometimes you've got to meet people at their level to try and help them. Well, is that is that that's coaching, right? That's coaching. So is 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 coaching? Um, maybe I'm stretching the metaphor of the ladder too far now. But coaching. is coaching like stepping down a rung from the person behind to give them a little push up the ladder? Sometimes. The classic <clears throat> classic coaching question is, you know, what, what do you want to happen and what are you going to do about it? Yeah. And it, and it does, you know, you, you might be in a coaching session and venting all the reasons why you're annoyed and stuck and then say, what, what are you going to do about it? And it's, yeah, yeah it's helping you move up the ladder up to, up to the next rungs to be an accountable, I think. Yeah. And it doesn't really matter where that coach is on that ladder, whether they're, because they're, it's not their situation to deal with, right? 
Exactly. I'm a very visual person. Exactly. I'm trying to imagine somebody helping <laughs> pull, pull someone up the ladder or behind giving them a shove up the arse. That's, but that's probably a coach is yeah. more like someone who's floating next to the ladder at, at they, whatever they're level they're on their they own ladder. To be. Well, yeah, no, they, they don't need a ladder. They, they hired a cherry picker for the day. Exactly. <laughs> and they go. Or, or the cloud. Uh, Excellent, nice extension. There's a there's a brilliant book called How to Talk So Children Listen. I think. Um, John, have you have you read it? And one of the I things haven't. it talks about is asking the children for their solutions. Okay, so this has happened. What what's the solution? You know, your vegetables are all mixed up. What solution? What you know? And I I must admit, I find it really helpful as a like when Jack's forgotten his sort of he can't find. It's like okay, Jack, so. What are we going to do? We're we just going to like scream here for a little bit, or kick stuff, or what, uh, what's the what's the solution? Grow up, Jack. Rather than like, I just grow up and then going to get the socks for him. It's like well, what, what are we going to do? That's tough coaching. Tough coaching. But they're, they're oh, trying to trying to be in a kind way. Rather than, ah. Well, we've we've talked a lot about um kind of journeys along the ladder ascending. Would there ever be a situation where one might? descend the ladder in their response to a situation or to a problem there was just once or twice when i was thinking through this of situations where i wasn't i wasn't proud of where <laughs> something was going wrong but i wasn't and i wonder if this happens in the apprentice or something but it wasn't it wasn't my situation and i didn't mess it up and instead of trying to help and fix it i sort of you know it's like the hold your hands up just well, that one slide. You get us out of it. <laughs> um, but those are not not my finest hours. Do you know that's that's really important, right? Because the situations that the situations that I identified myself where I was in the bottom four in that victim mentality, I'm I'm really not proud of them either. No. They're not they're not ones that you, they're not stories you want to share, are they? I mean, yeah, then that's what I was going to then. Yeah, almost. <laughs> Yeah. For example, John well, and I, I were both doing the silence. Yeah, don't don't pull that trick on me again because you know I will chat through that silence. Yeah. I'd like to add finally tonight that I have been slightly obsessed with the accountability ladder since we've kind of been looking at this over the pre past week and kind of preparing for for the podcast tonight. And I think it's something that's going to stay with me for some time after this podcast record and and hopefully being conscious of it will help me kind of take more control of situations that I feel are important. Because again, mm. I think it is all about that prioritisation. And we'd love to hear your thoughts, listeners, on this episode and your stories of times that you found yourself on one of the rungs of the accountability ladder or indeed journeys along it. And you can send us your messages or leave us comments either via email, hello at sketchplanations.com or through our social media channels. We'd also love it if you took a moment or two to subscribe to or rate and review the podcast through whatever podcast player you use. Next week, we'll be taking a deeper dive into the contrast between front stage and backstage. It's there on sketchplanations.com already if you want to get a head start. Or if you have subscribed to the podcast series, it'll just pop into your life in audio form next week. For now, I'm going to take control. I've acknowledged that we're coming to the end of this podcast. I'm taking ownership of making sure we don't just fizzle out from this episode. I'm considering my options and I've decided that this is the end. The action I'm going to take, therefore, is to stop talking. 
All right, we've um, just got a couple of messages to get through uh, this week from last week's episode. I mean, first of all, we've, we've had loads and loads of messages and there have been reviews left up on um, like Apple Podcasts and that kind of stuff. So thank you all so much for that. It was a, some really, really lovely messages about the podcast generally. Um, I, I won't really go into it because it's you know too much backslapping, but um, it's really really lovely. Thank you. It's um, it's much appreciated, um, guys. I don't know if you've had time to look through some of those comments, but people are really enjoying the podcast. They they love the chemistry. What can we say? Let's not say any more on that. Many years in the making. It is, isn't it? Gosh, one piece of correspondence uh, I saw on Twitter, which I really enjoyed from Brick Mantooth. Uh, it was a picture of. Um, a close-up picture of a whole load of mushrooms asking simply fungible or probably should say fungible fungi fungi yeah it was good very good it was good it actually took me a while to get it and i was thinking hmm would uh would a bag of mushrooms actually be fungible or not would i <laughs> could i swap them for another bag of mushrooms <laughs> genuinely it took me about five minutes going yeah that's probably a good that's a really good example actually yeah uh, <laughs> What an idiot. What an idiot. Me, I mean. Um, straight over my head. It was only when I came back to it. Was like, ah, <laughs> I see. I see. Nice one. Thank you. Uh, very clever. Um, we've had another comment from our friend Pretch up on Twitter. Um, again, this is about fungible and non-fungible goods. Uh, saying that people are non-fungibles by default. But in a company setting, its workforce are fungibles and can easily be replaced, especially when they've become part of the company's non-performing assets. What does that mean, non-performing assets? Not doing very well. Yeah, okay. Okay, so then you're in and you're out. Find, find the replacement, yeah. Yeah, which is kind of what we talked about. Some, I guess it depends on the kind of roles, as we, we talked about. I think you, you were given the example of um, like burger flipping or something in a fast food restaurant, I think, last week, don't I? Um, yeah, but then in other companies, depending on the roles and you know, yeah, skills, on the type of work, depending on the type of work, depending on the type of people, depending on how great your manager is or not. Indeed. <laughs> um, but I, I enjoyed that last week. It was, it it got, it got quite a bit deeper than I thought it might. It got, yeah, it got me thinking. It's good. Um, Tommy, have you had any feedback on any uh, any of the podcasts this week, uh, podcast generally, or um, any of the other episodes? Uh, so a good friend of mine said, I've actively built my career on being fungible. I'll bore you briefly when I see you on Thursday. So I'm, I'm not quite sure entirely what he means. A, a part of me thinks that hasn't he misunderstood that or is he deliberately trying to be replaced the whole time i think he's going to bore you about it on thursday well yeah i look, I look forward to finding <laughs> you're going to explain to us out. next week yeah oh yeah so what kind of just, just hide in, slide in, in amongst the crowd yeah. Yeah. So yeah. he deliberately wishes to be replaceable constantly yeah. find out on thursday I, I just remember um this this chap called edward de bono and he proposed um he was, he's a big proponent of lateral thinking for example um he proposed that if you worked in the government or like the civil service and you could find a way for what you needed your job to do to be done without you needing to do it then the government should pay you your full salary for life anyway yeah and then you could go do whatever else you needed to do love that and of course nobody ever does that right like if you're if you're so smart that you manage to automate your job away or make it not needed mm. you never get the benefit 
yeah. <laughs> that. It's very You're hard down thing the road. to agree to, even though it's actually quite. I think that logically makes sense. It's brilliant. It logically makes sense, and it's quite motivational as well. I reckon. Do you know? It, it reminds me of another one of your sketches, John, a little bit about. Um, I think this is more about kind of knowledge and information management. I think the sketch is someone gets run over by a bus and it's like, well, what, what have they taken with them? Does anybody else know yeah. where the keys are kept? Or, you know, that, that kind of thing. So it's that, that plays a little bit into the fungible, non-fungible sense, maybe. Yeah, definitely. It's called the bus factor, right? You know. Oh, there you go. Say it as it is. Yeah, you, it's, you know, careful who you put on the, the same plane. You know, like Ronaldo is irreplaceable, but somebody else isn't, you know, that kind of thing. Or... The, the person who's built all of the fundamental core technology if they're the only one who knows it and nobody knows how to fix it if it goes wrong then yeah then your bus factor is very low very high I can't remember which <laughs> so when when we all get the train to go and do that uh, event we're doing in September I think it is should should we actually all three of us get separate trains just in case we probably should we yeah. probably should it would be t- too big a loss do you know what though if, if we left you and me to get um, on different trains that there's a high likelihood that we'd both miss and be late so yeah. no be- let's stick to it we'll stay we'll all get on the same train it's best if we just follow Jono and yeah. let him yeah. make it sure we get on the right train as with so many things <laughs> All right, guys, well, thank you all very much again for, um, for listening and for your correspondence. We'll be back next week. Stay well. Go well. Cheers. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. All music on this podcast series is sourced from the very talented Frank Cinelli. And you can find loads more tracks at frankcinelli.com.